Hope everyone had a nice Shabbos. It's good to see you guys again. So before I continue inside, before we continue inside, <clears throat> I feel like I need to address a point that was made last week, uh, I believe by Leah Friedman actually, <clears throat> and I sort of like ran by it really quickly and I didn't really <clears throat> explain that well because it isn't directly related to what we're learning in Tanya, but it certainly is indirectly related, and it's certainly something that, that is worthwhile to, to spend a couple of more minutes talking about. And that is that the question was asked about when we keep learning over here in Chesidus and Tanya about meditation, is it the same as, is it contemplation or meditation? Should we call it contemplation or meditation? And I said very quickly, that it's not just semantics. Semantics really matter when it comes to these things. And the difference is that meditation generally has the connotation of silencing the mind. As opposed to contemplation, which is contemplating ideas. Contemplating ideas. <clears throat> and that's generally how the words are used. But I want to just spend another couple of minutes just explaining, because I, I don't think I gave it over well enough, that that is exactly why the Alter Rebbe's Hasidus is called Chabad. The idea of Chabad, of Chachma Bina Das, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, the idea behind that means that that was his shita of how to meditate through contemplation. Which means like this, you know, in many forms of meditation, by, the way to silence the mind is by focusing on the breath, or focusing on a mantra, right? In other words, you silence the mind by, by sort of putting all your consciousness, directing your consciousness just to the breath or to one slight thing like a mantra, something, you know, uh, that's, that's easier, quote-unquote, to keep in the mind. And by focusing your thoughts on that one thing, that slowly allows the rest of what's going on in the head to sort of settle down and silence and be a little more quiet, etc., the Alter Rebbe Shit of Chabad is that the way to silence the mind is by meditating on ideas. In other words, what in meditation would be the breath in Chabad is ideas of Chasidus. Ideas about Hashem. That's what contemplation really means. By focusing your mind on certain ideas, and allowing your mind just to dwell on that idea, that itself is Chabad contemplative meditation. And so what we're learning over here is that the way to arouse emotions is having that type of contemplative meditation, which is, as we're going to learn today at the end of this introduction of Chinuch Koten, which is the way to arouse emotions for Hashem. By allowing the mind to focus on one particular idea, one idea from Chesidus, etc., and again and again and again, and sort of almost like your, you know, Bina is understanding the idea. That's what Bina is. Das is the consciousness, is, is connecting yourself to the idea in a very deep way. Chachma, ultimately going back up to Chachma, is that you're so focused on the idea and you understand it deeply that Chachma ultimately is like, you almost see the idea with your mind. And the idea of God, let's say, 
If we spoke about the div nafshi visicha, that you, God, are my life, you, God, are the life force in the world, therefore I love you because I feel you to be my life force, I feel you to be who I am in the deepest way. So when that becomes your thought and your mind is stuck on that, your mind is focused on that totally, that itself is the way that the Chabad Shita is of quieting the mind. Now, of course, it's easier if one quiets the mind first with, with breath, etc., but, but it's important to know that that is why it's called Chabad. Chabad is not just about learning ideas about God, but meditating on those ideas and using those ideas as the meditation, as the contemplation. Is that clear? Yeah? Okay. So let's, let's, we were learning over here, we were learning in the Sechin of Cotton, and the last thing that we left off, you're welcome. The last thing that we left off over here is saying that there's a concept of Sheva Yipol Tzadik Vekam, that even a Tzadik will fall seven times and yet get up anyway which we learned from the Balshemtev means that it's not that a tzaddik also falls, but that there has to be some kind of descent, some kind of yurid of the tzaddik. And only then and only through that can one come to an incomparably greater, higher level. The example that the Rebbe Rashab gives for this in Samach Vav, the Rebbe Rashab says an example of this, that it says in the Yerushalmi that Reb Zeira, who lived in Bavel, the holy Reb Zeira from the Gemara. Rabbi Zeira, who was one of the biggest geniuses in the Gemara, when he made Aliyah, even though they didn't use that terminology back then, that he made Aliyah, but he did, he moved to Eretz Yisrael. So it says that he fasted a hundred days to make himself sick enough that he should forget all the learning that he had before so that he could learn the Torah of Eretz Yisrael in a whole new way. He didn't want the Torah that he learned in Babylonia. He didn't want the Torah Sagolus to stare, to bother, to not allow him to really learn the Torah of Eretz Yisrael in a way that's supposed to. So he fasted a hundred fasts in order to forget everything he knew to be able to learn the Torah of Eretz Yisrael in a whole new way. Now the question that you could ask seemingly is how does that make sense? Because learning is cumulative. The more you learn, you always build on what you're learning. You learn a certain amount of ideas and then you learn deeper, then you learn deeper. Why would he have had to fast? Why would he have had to forget everything that he learned before to be able to learn more? Seemingly you build on it. You build on what you've already known, what you've already learned. And the answer is, because that's true if what you're learning, the next thing that you're learning is comparable, is comparable, is almost could be compared is at, at, at a similar level to what you were learning before. So I'm learning a certain amount, let's say I learned math, so algebra will help me understand calculus. You know, you know, whatever you learn is going to help you learn the idea in engineering is going to help you learn when you learn it in a deeper way. But when you have to now learn something completely be'ein aroch, completely incomparable, you have to now start learning something that is a whole new ball game. And for Abzer, he understood that the Torah of Eretz Yisrael, he felt how it's totally incomparable to the Torah of Babylonia. And therefore he understood that whatever he knew before that would only stare, would only bother him, would only prohibit him 
inhibit him from really getting the whole new Torah in a whole new way. And that's similar to this idea that we learned last week, that a Jew is supposed to be a mahalach, was supposed to we're supposed to, to, to travel, to go into high new, whole new levels of, of connection to Hashem. And the way that we're supposed to try to go to new levels is not like that one level builds on the other necessarily. But really, ultimately, the greatest aliyah, the greatest ascent in Avodah Hashem is one reaches an incomparably high level. And therefore, the only way to reach that is by first losing the level that you had before, first descending from the level that you had before. A seed could only grow into a tree if it decomposes first. So Sheva Yipot Tzadik V'Kam means that how are we going to, and this, even if you know we're not quote-unquote the Tzadik that, that's being talked about over here, but how do we come to incomparably high levels through falling? When a person feels that they've lost everything that they were and they, they feel so completely lost from what they thought they were supposed to be, that's an opportunity to reach an incomparably new level because as long as you're still on the level before, you don't feel the need to grow. But it's when you fall and you decompose, that necessitates a whole new level. Yeah, that's where we left off last week. So let's continue inside. We're holding by the words, uh, let's read, between one level and the next, before he can reach the higher one, before he can reach the higher level, he is in a state of decline from the previous level. Yet, it is written, Gam kiipo lo yutal. Though he falls, he shall not be utterly cast down. So even when a tzaddik falls, he's not utterly cast 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 down, but rather it is considered a decline only in comparison with his former state, and not, God forbid, in comparison with all other men. For he is still above them in his service of God, inasmuch as there remains in it an impression. A Roshem. An impression means a Roshem. You know what a Roshem is? It's like when you uh, get a stain. When you get a stain, when you have oil or ketchup or something in a uh, or something you get on your shirt. And even when you wash it off, there's still the Roshem. There's still the stain. The stain still remains. And so the Alter Rebbe says, even though we're saying there's this thing called the descent that has to happen to be able to reach a whole new level... That's only in comparison to other people. But the stain, the Roshem, remains. Now what does that mean that the Roshem remains? So he's going to explain, and what he's going to say now is, let's go back to what we learned last week at the beginning of the week. We learned that generally there are two ways of, of having Avas Hashem, of having emotions for Hashem. The way of Tzadikim is naturally their soul is like a flame that just wants to be connected to God. Their soul, which of course we all have inside of us, but most of us have it buried with a lot of coarseness and materiality, etc. But at Tzaddik, through refining himself so strongly and through so much Torah mitzvahs, he spontaneous, spontaneous combustion. Spontaneously, his soul just jumps up to God and he doesn't have to work at it. That's the level of a Tzaddik. But then there's the lower level of love and fear that one has to contemplate, meditate, to bring about. And so what the Alter Rebbe is now going to say is when a tzaddik descends, what does that mean? 
When a tzaddik descends, that means that he loses that natural, spontaneous state of Av and Yira that he had before. That spontaneous, natural love that the soul is just trying to get to God, that's taken away momentarily or whatever, for however long. But what isn't, what's the impression? What's the Roshem, the stain that remains? That's the love and fear that he learned how to meditate also. In other words, that's the Indian of Chinuch Kotam, educating. Educating. And you remember we began this piece with the Pasuk from Shleim HaMelech. Chanoich lenar al pidarkoi gam kiaskin mena. Educate a child according to his way. So even when he gets old, he will not depart from it. And you remember the Alter Rebbe asked, when you say Chanoich lenar al pidarkoi, educate a child according to his way, it's mashma, that it's not capital T truth, it's not ultimate truth, it's subjective. It's al pidarko. You're educating a person according to his way. So why is that a mile? Why is that good? Then even when he gets older, he won't depart from it. Seemingly, you would want him to b- depart from it. You would want him to go beyond what he learned as a child. And what the Alter Rebbe is now going to answer is that what are we talking about educating a child according to his way? Educate a child. Educate yourself how to arouse feelings, emotions for God within you. That's the ultimate education. The ultimate education is to learn how to meditate, how to contemplate, and thereby arouse feelings of God within you. And why is that so important? Because Gam Kiaskin, even when you get older, even if a person becomes Mamash Tzadik, there are going to be times of Yerida, times of descent. And then you're going to have to know how to meditate and arouse feelings of Hashem, how to put yourself in a frame of mind of godliness, and that's by contemplative meditation. You know, there are a lot of people that are constantly waiting for inspiration, that their soul should be on fire, that something should inspire them. But, you know, that's not ultimately wise because it's not always up to us. It's not always up to us to just wait till we get inspired. We have to educate ourselves to know how to inspire ourselves, how to make ourselves feel God close, make ourselves feel close to God. So look inside. That's the impression of his former state. The root of his service, however, is far is so what's the root of his service? Meaning, even a tzaddik that comes to those spontaneous high level of love of Hashem, what was the root with which every tzaddik has to first lenar, has to educate the child? What's the root? What's the first thing that we have to know how to do? Is from the love of God to which he has been educated and trained from his youth before he reached the level of tzaddik. Before he reached the level of tzaddik, he had already trained himself how to come to arouse these feelings of emotions for Hashem. And this then is the meaning of, quote, even when he will be old, he will not depart from it. That's the answer to the question. This method of knowing how to allow yourself to make your thoughts, that you should put your your mind in a in God consciousness. The method of knowing how to put your own mind in God consciousness and not waiting for inspiration or waiting for your soul to come to to to, to go up to God. That is the chanich lenar. That is the chinuch katan. That is the chinuch katan. That's where we have to be educated. 
And that's why this is the preface to Shar Hayichud Vaemuna, the gate to the understanding of God's unity and the faith. And we'll talk about the difference between those two things. Because why? Look at the last sentence. Let's finish the last sentence. And the first thing which arouses love and fear and their foundation is the pure and faithful belief in his unity and oneness may be blessed and exalted. And that's the punchline of this Chinuch Katan. What is... So now we know you have to contemplate. What do you need to contemplate? What precisely are we supposed to be contemplating? What is Chabad all about contemplating? What is the idea that you have to put your thoughts on in a constant way, in a constant way in your consciousness to meditate that that should be what your mind is fully focused on? On God's unity. Because God's unity is the first thing that arouses Ava and Yira. And you know, in the six constant mitzvahs, that's the order, Emunah, Achtas Hashem, Ava and Yira. Can anyone tell me maybe a pasuk that, or we spoke about this from Shema Yisrael, where you know that God's unity is what brings about love of Hashem? Anyone remember? Shema Yisrael. What does the Pasuk actually say? Shema Yisrael. Hear Israel. And Shema over here means to listen deeply, to contemplate. Shema Yisrael. Hear with all your being. That what? Hashem Echad. God is one. And what's the next word in Torah? Ve'ahavtas Hashem Alekecha. If you Shema Yisrael, that Hashem Echad... Then vahafta Hashem lekecha. Now, there's not just as a commandment, but as a result. The vahafta is not just a commandment; it's a result. That if you Shema Yisrael, if you meditate on God's unity, then you will come to Avas Hashem. And at the most basic level, and this is what the whole Shaar Yuchud is about. But at the most basic level, just to say it very, very much quickly, because you can't love something that you've never experienced. Straight out. You can't love something that you've never experienced. And seemingly we don't experience God. We can't experience God with our five senses. We don't see Him, we don't hear Him, we don't touch Him. So if you never experience God, how could you possibly love God? And the answer is by meditating on His unity. Meditating on His unity means meditating and contemplating that not only do you experience God, but that anything you ever experience in the world is the light of Hashem, is the light of God, is the revelation of God. That's what God's unity means. So Shema Yisrael Hashem Echad, the more you understand and are able to focus on God's unity, that Enod Movadai that's going to allow you to bring about the Vahaftas Hashem Lekecha. And that's what the Altar says, that the first thing which arouses love and fear in their foundation is the pure and faithful belief in His unity and oneness. And that's what Shara Yuchud is therefore about. And that's why I mentioned when we first started learning this that the Altar Rebbe originally really had in mind that this part of Tanya should be the beginning of Tanya. Because throughout the first part of Tanya, the Altar Rebbe keeps saying again and again, I remember when I was a... 
uh, a little young whippersnapper, 15 or 16, and I learned Tani the first time, it kept frustrating me because he keeps talking about in the earlier chapters, when you'll meditate on God's greatness, when you'll meditate on God's greatness, when you'll meditate on God's greatness. But it, he doesn't really explain what does that mean. He just, he keeps saying as if you know how to meditate and contemplate. So the Alter Rebbe therefore had in mind to start, Tanya, with this second part, because this second part tells you what you're supposed to be meditating. What does it mean to meditate in Shema Yisrael Hashem Echad? And also Baruch Shem Kvod Mechus We're going to learn also the meditation of Baruch Shem Kvod Mechus Those both are the meditations of Hashem's unity. Any questions at this point? Okay. So what I want to do, before we go further, I just want to point something out, an idea that's asked over here, that's a very important idea, that, that when, we, when we're, we're comparing the, the love and fear that falls upon a person spontaneously, without necessarily them working to get it, and we've all had that experience, that you go to a, you know, you go to the Kotel, you go to the Kumsitz, or you go to, you know, whatever, you hear a shear, you hear something... And some kind of inspiration falls upon you. Or spontaneously out of nowhere you wake up and you feel close to Hashem. That's called an Eserusa de la'ela, an awakening from above. That's the tzaddik that is always being awakened from above. But we're learning that even when a tzaddik loses that level, there's a reishem, there's the stain of what he learned from when he was a child, which is what? Knowing how to arouse that love and fear through one's own meditation which is called Isarusa de la Sata, an awakening from below. Now, on a deeper level, let's go a little, little deeper for a second. Why is that never taken away from a person? Why is, why is it that even if a person falls, and this is a big yesai that we have to know, no matter how much you fall, if you train yourself to know how to contemplate about God, you could always do that, even if you've fallen. But the question is why? Why is that a ration? Why is that a stain? Why does that not go away? So the simple thing you'll say is because it's up to you. It's up to you. It's in within your hands. But there are actually two explanations given, one from Rebhil Paracher, who is one of the big Hasidim of the Mitla Rebbe, Rebhil Paracher, and one from the Lubavitch Rebbe of our generation. They give two explanations, deep explanations to this idea of why a person never, once you've learned how to meditate, you've trained yourself. Chinuch. You've trained yourself. Once you've done that, you never lose that. So Pil Paracher explains it based on, I mean, basically he says the same ideas. You know what they say, that once you learned how to ride a bike, you never forget? Once you've learned how to ride a bike, you never forget. Why is that? How come once you've learned how to ride a bike, you never forget? So Pil Parcher says a very deep idea. If you could imagine a person, let's say an, a, a, um, an artist, an artist or a carpenter, somebody or somebody learns how to play piano. So the first stage of learning how to train your hands, how to play the piano or how to build or how to ride the bike, what are you essentially doing? you're revealing from within the deepest part of your soul another potential that your soul has. Then, once your hands already know how to build or, or play the piano or ride a bike, 
Everything else you do just builds on that. It's just continuing to have deeper levels of that same training that you had. But the original hiskashrus, the original connecting of the essence of your soul, where you have that potential to learn how to do something new, bringing that into fruition, that becomes a permanent part of your soul because you've revealed a whole new way of your soul functioning. And so then everything else, that it's like by way of example, if you remember when the Mishkan, when the tabernacle was sanctified in Parshas Nosso, we're going to read about it in a couple of weeks, so the Nesim, you remember this Chanukah Samizbech, the Nesim, the leaders of the tribes had to bring sacrifices, and they brought sacrifices that were never brought again. And so too when Shleimah Melech did Chinuch Beis Amigdosh, what's the idea of Chinuch? They did Chinuch Beis Amigdosh. They, 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 the, the word that's usually used is, um, what's the word they use? To, to sanctify or to, uh, um, how would you translate? Chinuch, Chanukah Samizbeach, it's like when you, when you educate a child. It's the same idea as Chinuch when you educate a child. What are you doing when you educate a child? You don't want to just ram down the child's information. That's not education. You don't want to just ram down their 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 mouth their, their head all sorts of ideas. What a real education is is training. Is training. And to train means to teach your soul to reveal its potential it has to be able to do something. And that, once you've learned, once you've trained yourself to ride a bike, you never forget how to ride a bike. Once your soul has revealed this whole new way of being, that you don't lose. And that's why it's so important to train ourselves, to train our minds, to know how to arouse feelings of love of Hashem. Because that allows our soul to be in a whole new way that we're not the type of person that's dependent on outside sources for inspiration, but rather you've trained your soul to make yourself feel Hashem. And I, you know, Jonathan, you asked me, uh, I think two weeks ago, you remember you asked me that sometimes a person does a mitzvah, you do a mitzvah, you don't feel anything. And that's exactly, that's exactly it. Unless one trains one's mind, how to play the piano of feeling love and fear of Hashem. Unless one connects one's soul into that way of being, of allowing oneself to feel Hashem, then it, you're, just, you're just sitting and waiting for some kind of inspiration to fall upon you. But that's what Hasidus Chabad, that's what the Alter Rebbe Shita is, to learn these ideas, these deep ideas about God, thereby training your mind to be able to serve Hashem in an inner interior way. And then, even if one falls from a level of spontaneity, one is able to go back to that function that you taught your soul to do of being able to serve Hashem. That's what Rapil Paracher says. Clear? Rip Shmuel. Um, is there a possible connection here with the, the original idea to educate? It comes from the Latin to, to lead forth, to take something out of where it was. Bring it out. Is there a connection between this idea? Is that what the is that what the word educate comes from in Latin? To t- yeah. say it again. What is it in Latin? Leading it out, leading it forth, that, leading it out. That's exactly what Rapil Parch is saying. That's beautiful. I did not know that. In Latin, he said Shmuel is saying that in Latin the word uh, that education means to lead forth, and that's what Rapil Parch is exactly saying. It's to take the potential that one has and bring it out. 
And that becomes then a Kenyan that a person has that never leaves a person. That's exactly what, that's what Pil Parach is saying. The Lubavitcher Rebbe has another explanation of why you never le- lose this Roshim, why you never lose this imprint, and it's a very deep idea. And, it's, and he says it's not only because Rapil Parcher was talking about you, because you've educated yourself, you've revealed something in you. But the Lubavitcher Rebbe says a very beautiful idea. We know that what's the ultimate purpose of creation? Why did God create the world to begin with? What was the kavan of Atzmus? What was the intention of God's essence when He created the world? That there should be a dir betachtoinim, that we should make the world into a dwelling place for God, but not that God should come down. Matan Torah, God came down into the world, but it wasn't a dwelling place for Him yet. The only way to make it a dwelling place for Him is if we, through our own Aveda, Isrusa de Lasata, we're the ones that do it. If we're the ones that do it, that's what Atzmos, that's what God's essence really wants. And so don't forget, where does eternity really lie in God's essence? The only thing that really is eternal is God's essence. And so listen how deep. When you learn how to train your own mind to come to love and fear of Hashem, when you learn how to train your own mind, how to come to feelings of Hashem, you're fulfilling kavanas ha'atzmos. You're making yourself a dwelling place for God through your own aveda, through your own service of Hashem. You're making, you're making yourself into a vessel for Hashem. And that touches atzmos. That touches God's essence. When it's an inspiration that comes through your own aveda, through your own service, through your own toil, You're fulfilling what God Himself created the world. If you're just waiting for inspiration, that's not the purpose of creation. Hashem didn't wait, Hashem didn't want that it should be, that we should just sit there waiting to be inspired. Hashem wanted that we should bring about the dear betachtainim, that we should bring about God into the world, into ourselves. So the deeper reason that the the chinuch remains eternal, just like by Chanukah Samizbeach, Chanukah Samishkan, Chanukah Sabayis, the idea of Chinuch is that when you do it, when you sanctify, when you make it, then it becomes eternal because it's touching into God's eternity. And so, so too, when you make yourself a Mishkan, when you learn how to make yourself a dwelling place for Hashem, that touches God's essence and that's why that remains always. Spontaneous feelings of inspiration, even of a tzaddik, is not the purpose of creation. That a, t- a tzaddik's love of God, and this is a big chiddush, a tzaddik's huge love of God is not fulfilling the purpose of creation. But if you sit and work hard and put in the effort to try to feel feelings of and, and connection to Hashem through your own work, that is the purpose of creation. A dear betachtainim, that the lower world should make themselves into vessels for Hashem, that touches atzmos, that touches God's essence, and that's why that remains eternally. Gam kiyazkin lo that even when you get older, you will not lose that, that ability of that chinuch that you educated yourself how to come to feeling Hashem within yourself. Clear? Okay, so tomorrow mitz, any questions? Any questions? So tomorrow mitz Hashem, we're going to start Perak Aleph of Shar Yichud Vemuna. That was the introduction. And as, as we've been learning, that's going to be starting to really learn in depth the question of God's unity. Yes, uh, Leah Friedman is raising her hand. 
Hi, I just wanted to ask, um, and if it's correct, Rob, I understand these two ideas, the major difference between. So could it be that Hashem gives us these opportunities when it's um, from from Him, that His stories which we get from Him, in a way of like a gift that we understand what that feeling is? So He gives us opportunity, whether it's in a tefillah or in a, when we be connected via a nigan or something. So we know what that feeling is. Then we know when it's our, when it's our vital to work on it, that we can really internalize because we know what we're really looking for. Because if he didn't give us those gifts, how would we know what we're actually trying to do? That's exactly correct. That is one of the explanations given in Chassidus. Uh, if the whole purpose of creation is that we should make our own, we should inspire ourselves, we should meditate on God through our own Aveda, why would God give us these Isrus de la'elas, these awakenings from above? Why would God put Sadiqim into the world to inspire us, etc.? And the answer is exactly what you just said. So if you have a view of the mountaintop, if you're able to look at the mountaintop, then when you have to climb on your own, you know where you're going. That's 100% true. And since we're going, we're in the time of Sfira Sa'imer, the officially, by the way, the, we're done. One o'clock, we're done. You're all invited to stay, but I, I, I want to stay within my framework of time, but I just want to continue responding to questions. Because we're in the time of Sfira Sa'imer, Leia, I'm going to tell you an idea from a Baruchel of Mezhbuz, which is Mamish, the idea that you just, that you just mentioned. Rebaruch Baruch explains what's the idea of the word Afikomen, that we eat at the end of the Seder. At the end of the Seder, we eat the afikomen, which is a very strange word. The Gemara already talks about what does the word mean, afikomen. But Baruch HaMezbuz just said like this, we know that in the Zohar, an Iserusa de la'ela, an awakening from above, is known as Mayan Dechurin, masculine waters. Iserusa de la Sata, an awakening from below, when it comes through our own Aveda, that's known as Mayan Nukvin, Feminine waters, which has to do with the zivug between a chassan and a kala, etc. Who's the one that's that's initiating? Who's the one that's causing the 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 yichud to happen? So when we do it through our own avodah, that's called mayan nukvin. That's called feminine waters. Where Hashem's kala. So when it comes through our avodah, that's called mayan nukvin, also known as mad and man. In the Zohar, Mad is Mayin Dechurin, the masculine waters, that's when Hashem arouses us. And Man, Mayin Nukvin, is when we do it through our own Aveda. Pesach is the ultimate example of the ultimate Esrus de la'ela. Mitzrayim, the whole night of Pesach, was completely from above. Hashem came, we weren't prepared, we were on the 49th level of impurity. We didn't do any achana, we didn't do anything to deserve that kind of revelation. And yet Hashem came, came Hashem revealed His whole infinite self, which took us out of Mitzrayim, both physically and spiritually. And on the night of Pesach, we reached the highest level within a second. But then, that only remains the first days on Pesach. But then what does Hashem say to us? Afiko man. Afiku man. In Aramaic, the word afiku means give out. Afiku means to, to give out. So Baruch HaMezber said that afiko man means that at the end of the Seder, Hashem says to us, okay, I gave you this taste. I gave you a view of the mountaintop. I gave you that gift to be able to see that experience. But now, afiku man. Afiku mai nukvin. Now is the time that you have to give out my nukvin, which is the secret of Svirah Sa'omer. 
Sphere Sa'imer is that time that that for the 49 days, we have to work on our own to bring about that, to come to that level on Shavuos that Hashem gave to us as a gift on Pesach. Clear? Yeah? Okay. Mitzvah Shem. See everyone tomorrow one at uh, 12.30 Mitzvah Shem.